Hey, you want to find out how far a motorcycle will go without keys? We'll find out coming up with Tom Letero on Long Riders Radio. Radio comes from DiscountRamps.com. DiscountRamps.com offers a huge selection of power sports products for your ATV, UTV, motorcycle, and more. Everything you need to load, haul, or transport your power sports toys. Long Riders Radio listeners can save 15% off their order by using coupon code LONG. That's L-O-N-G at DiscountRamps.com. Well, hey there, everyone. Justin here. Hope uh, hope you're doing well. Hope you're getting some riding done. And uh, yeah, it's summer finally arrived here in Western Washington. It is hot today. Uh, yeah, well, probably not as hot as where some of you are at. For, but for here, it's hot. Hopefully, you don't hear the fan going too much in the background. Uh, but for today's episode, we're going to talk with a guy named Tom Lotero out of Las Vegas, Nevada. Now, Tom has been pretty much a fixture in the big money rally since its beginning. And uh he did something this year that was pretty amazing. Now, in the Big Money Rally, I mean, you can obviously, it goes for months and months and months, but one of the things they're doing is they have a set of bonuses that's only good for the weekends. So it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and it's only good for that weekend. And they call it the three-day rally. And each three-day rally has its own, you can get any bonus, but it's got its own little cadre of bonuses that are worth huge points. And uh, Tom has taken it upon himself to pretty much only ride those and in the process do some absolutely epic rides. So we'll get into that and uh, talk talk big money rally. We'll talk COVID-19, all sorts of fun stuff. So uh, sit back and relax. Hope you enjoy the episode and I'll catch you on the flip side. Well, on the line tonight, we have a guy. Okay, well, let's just say not a, it's pretty easy to do do well in the big money rally if you want to ride a lot but this guy is definitely doing it the hard way uh on the line tonight we've got tom latero and tom has like i said he has done the big money rally the most difficult way possible and done some really monster rides as a result and we'll get into the the why of that in just a second but uh, tom welcome to long riders radio hey thank you justin so you like i said you have done done this in in the most difficult way possible i think but in the most impressive way possible also so in the big money rally there's these things called the dr bonuses you want to tell us a little bit about what those are well the dr bonuses uh typically are, are the highest point bonuses in the rally uh and they're they're regional bonuses so there's a bonus in uh, i believe it's six different regions of the country and each one of those uh locations is worth 20 points and which is a lot (laughs) element of the rally that provided you with a kicker if you picked up 25 of them i believe you got a 460 point uh kicker for doing it yeah and so these things are they're only valid three days uh they're friday saturday sunday they're different every week so there's there's six of them across the country that you could pick from and you have pretty much been out every weekend getting one of these. I pretty much decided uh, midway through the rally that I, years ago I got tired of matching words <laughs> and putting the kickstand down for you know one point 
or so. So I, I decided fairly halfway through the rally that my focus would be on going to chasing these DR bonuses. And that's what I've been doing. And it, I've, I've probably got the worst points per mile than anybody else in the rally by far. You've got may have the worst points per mile, but you would definitely have the best points per bonus of anyone. I actually I actually went in and looked at like compared you to me, so we're roughly about the same same point total. And uh, my average point per bonus is four point five, and yours is almost eleven. <laughs> so <laughs> you you have gotten half the n- number of bonuses I have. Uh, under half the number of bonuses and i think we're separated by like 200 points or something so you've uh you've definitely uh been efficient in your writing let's put it that way so, so well i've got a little bit lucky you know what the only benefit in this rally due to the coronavirus was the fact that there was no traffic yeah so i can tell you there was one weekend where i picked up three dr bonuses and that was only because Northern California and LA were wide open. Hmm. The road, there was nobody on the roads. And from Vegas, you know, those are tough rides in traffic and stuff if you're trying to pick those bonuses up on a Saturday or a Sunday. But it wasn't a problem this year. So, you well, know, that made it a lot easier to be, be honest about yeah. it. Yeah. Well, I was as I was going through kind of researching this interview, it's like, well, you've gotten, you have the one where you got three in one weekend and you have four of them where you got two. And like you said, these things, there's six of these across the country. They're four or 500 miles apart, each one of them. So to get three of them in one weekend, that's a monumental ride. Yeah. These ride, my normal DR bonus ride is close to a thousand miles round trip. Yeah. And, and you were- uh, so if I do two, you know, it's a 2000 mile you know, usually a Friday, Saturday or Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. And you're not, uh, you're usually coming home in the middle of these too. You don't stay on the road a lot. Yeah. I have a deal at home. I'm, I'm gone early in the morning, but I try to make it back for dinner. Uh, unless somebody like, uh, uh, Reno, John interferes with that. Like <laughs> he did this weekend. Um, <clears throat> I'll pick up, a, you know, up. I'll chase these. I did. I did pick one up in Colorado where I, I stayed over in Denver and took a long way home. But uh, normally, I, I I go up and back. Yeah. Well, and the other thing I would I would point out is you're the only rider. I didn't I didn't add up how, like who was second, but you are the only rider to get that kicker of that 450 point kicker. And uh, I know for me, when I'm riding these things, it's like oh, it's in Northern California. I'll I'll let that one go this weekend and. And but you just kind of are going wherever. Yeah, it's uh, well, this weekend is, is a good example. Now, it's depending on what's happening Saturday night in my house. There's a <laughs> there's a double that could be picked up on Saturday. <laughs> Winslow, Arizona and Albuquerque is very doable yeah. uh, for a turnaround trip. The only issue is it'll probably not get me back in time for uh, dinner if I have to go to a dinner or something. But. I may have to negotiate that. So was it was it just the you got sick of kind of multiple many many stops and you just wanted to be on the bike? Is that really the what what drove you towards just picking these bonuses? It's it's exactly it. It's uh, I'd much rather be on the bike riding than to be dropping the kickstand and matching words in a strip mall or 
I mean, the church theme was great, but I didn't pick one of them up. Yeah. I mean, there was thousands of them, but I didn't pick one of them up only because it, it would interfere with me going where I wanted to go. And so, you know, there was one bonus that I just absolutely loved in the DRs that I would have never gone to if it wasn't a bonus. And that was the one up in Creed, Colorado, which I thought was just spectacular. It was, it was gorgeous up along the Rio Grande River. It was phenomenal location. Now, it's worth pointing out, too, that the big money rally normally goes from January to late or to Memorial Day. And this year, because of COVID-19, John decided to extend it because a lot of people weren't riding it, uh, weren't, weren't able to ride, and extended it to Labor Day. And so you've been doing this for – you never stopped. You you just kept riding the whole time. Yeah, I, I kept going. And uh, it, the reality is I really stopped putting the kickstand down at the end of May. If you look at my rides since the end of May – I'm not so sure I picked up too many points that weren't 20 points. Yeah. Did, uh, so I want to talk a little bit about, cause we haven't talked about the, this on the show yet. Talk a little bit about riding. I mean, you mentioned that there's no one on the road with the pandemic. What, what other kind of things that you wouldn't normally have to think about are, are going on now in your head? Cause I mean, I know when I've been riding, there's things like, Hmm, this, this bathroom might not be open or where am I going to get food next and, and things like that. Talk about that kind of stuff. Well, the, the frustrating thing that I experienced was mainly in California and that was access to restrooms, including rest areas. For yeah. some reason, there was a long period of time where they didn't want to keep any of them open. It was fine. They would sell you gas, but they wouldn't <laughs> let you use the restroom, which was really, you know, so there was a lot of us that were, uh, you know, doing their business on the side of the road because yeah. they had no choice. But uh, that was, you know, it was more peaceful riding and you could ride much further distances because there wasn't as much effort in riding. In mm -hmm. other words, there, you weren't watching out as much for other vehicles on the road. Hmm. So the upside was you didn't have that kind of drama. I could tell you law enforcement was very very mellow uh during the majority of that period because i wasn't picking up any radar signals on the bike because there was nobody on the road by the time i picked them up they pretty well had me but they just waved i mean it was uh i i thought i was on some sort of a motorcycle holiday uh but you, you the downside was the fact that you had very limited access same thing with restaurants. I, I like to ride long distances to breakfast mm -hmm. and because I, I like to get up real early and ride a few hours in the dark if I can. But I love catching breakfast. Uh, it was tough. Very few states would allow you, you know, allow yeah. dining for a long period of time. Yeah. I know when I was when I was doing a little bit of riding, it was use the app from McDonald's to get a, a, a something and have them bring it out to you. Because nothing was open to to be able to go in the restaurants at all, so right that was that was a big inconvenience. Yeah, during uh, during this whole thing, and it still is because a lot of places have shut down again. Right. So I think we're going to see a lot more of that you know, over the next couple of months. Yeah, unfortunately. Um. So, okay. So, 
Reno John, who runs the Big Money Rally, gave me a whole list of questions. And no joke, he is updating. He has a document that he sent me. He is currently updating as we're speaking <laughs> with additional <laughs> questions. So I may have to pause and just look over here. Uh, but he asked a couple of questions. The first one related to COVID is to ask you about riding in New Mexico and not being allowed to get off the freeway. So I picked up one of the DR bonuses in Albuquerque. And going to Albuquerque, uh, there were signs all over that Navajo country was on complete shutdown. Mm. So they were the exits from Gallup, New Mexico, all the way through just outside of Albuquerque, they were manned by National Guard and Highway Patrol. You are not allowed to exit I-40. Wow. And that was on specifically on the res. That was specifically on the res. But the res is massive. And I, when I came yeah. back from Colorado, I had the exact same experience. When you went through Navajo country, through all of those towns, up by uh, 160 uh, in uh, New Mexico, Utah, and even the edge of Colorado there, all of those towns, even the McDonald's drive-throughs, everything was shut down. Wow. There was no grocery stores. There was no restrooms. You had about a 200-mile stretch where you had zero access to anything. The pumps were open at gas stations, but no facilities anywhere were open. Hmm. And they experienced you know, severe conditions, and they still are in a lot of the uh, tribal communities. Yeah, yeah. You know, even in Arizona. Was there anything else that stood out to you about riding during the pandemic that we haven't really touched on yet? What, what also stood out to me is just about every city that I went to, the homeless population is scary. Yeah. The number of tents, uh, the, the, the makeup and the uh, demographic of the individuals you see just is just very unnerving. They are people you do not expect to see homeless. Yeah. I saw that everywhere I went, and it was incredible. I, there was a couple of uh, of the bonus locations where you were standing in a homeless camp to get the bonus, wow. and, that home, and that homeless camp didn't exist, you know, six months ago. Wow. So that, that, that stood out, and that was, that was disturbing to see that. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, definitely we have a, a significant issue in in my town with with homeless homelessness and uh yeah i know exactly what you mean yeah um so okay so another reno john question (laughs) ask him if he's ever gone out for a bonus without his bike key and how far he got away from home when he found out that he could not neither fuel nor start his bike (laughs) well yeah, that was uh, that was about 125 miles out. I I stopped for fuel in Kingman and had no bike key. <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't a good uh, that wasn't a good move whatsoever. So I'm assuming that the because you were at a BMW. I'm assuming because on my Goldwing, you can start the bike and then if you take it out and put the key somewhere else. You can still ride, but you can still ride. And the reality is nobody knows how it happened. The bike did start again. Oh, wow. Okay. Dealer doesn't even know how it happened. 
I ended up making it partway back and then had to call an Uber <laughs> to get to my house to pick up the spare key. <laughs> that, that, that day blew one of the DR bonuses for sure. I forget which one it was, but it was probably an Arizona DR bonus that I did not attend. Oh, man. Yeah, that... Now, does the BMW have a way that you can start the bike without without the key? It, it does, but you can't get fuel in it. Oh, interesting. The fuel cap won't rise. <laughs> so, yeah, I learned a lot about that bike in the last 125,000 miles. So <laughs> That is uh, something I hope to never have to do. Because now, it's... Well, you know what? Most, most normal people wouldn't be that idiotic to let that happen to them. <laughs> I don't the know. Kid, Sitting comfortably in my driveway, by the way. Oh, God. The fob. So it, it obviously fell out of a jacket or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so does does any of your family ride, or is it just you? It's just me. Uh, my How wife you... would ride with me a little bit in the past, and then uh, she decided she didn't want to do that anymore. How do you get away with riding this much? I, either she doesn't like me or, uh, you know what, she's got her own space and, you know, she does her own things. So on the weekend, the deal is I ride and I try to get back for dinner. Nice. All right. Another Reno John question here. Ask him what he spends on tires related to the big money rally. And he has his answer in here, which I'll give you after you, you, you answer this correctly. It, well, first of all, it's it's a bit scary because I've so far in a big money rally, I'm well over 30,000 miles. Wow. And I get, I'm probably getting about, well, with the tires I'm using now, I'm getting closer to 8,000, but for a while I was getting about 6,000. <laughs> so I, I haven't added them all up, but it's a lot of tires. He, he, he equates it to the uh, GDP of a small country. So, yeah, it probably is. It's ridiculous. <laughs> we, we are involved in a very expensive hobby. That is that is for sure. All right, I'm going through the questions as he's he's at continuing to write them in the in the document here. Uh, <laughs> and actually, a lot of these I think I would actually hit as part of the LD dozen questions. Uh, so I'm going to kind of dive into those. Um, and because we'll hit a lot of these. So on this podcast, we ask each guest the same series of 12 questions, call them the LD dozen. I'm assuming you're game to go. I'm game. All right. I haven't, I don't know what they are, but I'll be ready. <laughs> All right. What was your first motorcycle and why? Uh, it was a 1979 uh, Suzuki uh, GS 750L. Uh, it was a four-cylinder motorcycle, and I still have one. It's same and same bike or just the same? It's the same exact model, color, and everything, but it is not the bike. The bike is still in Las Vegas huh. because I traded it to a friend of mine for a couple of weapons and in 1981. And then uh, when I turned 60, my brother-in-law bought me a replica. Hmm. That's awesome. So I still have that. Was that something you would that like was a, a goal to try to get that same bike back at some point, or did he just surprise you with it? You know, he surprised me with it, but you know, I probably would have done the same thing if I could find one. He found it in somewhere in Ohio. Wow. 
and uh, picked it up. I wonder. I, I wonder how many people out there would, if they could. I mean, if they could find their own, their first bike, would buy it back. I I certainly would. I, I really regret trading that bike in. I don't know what I would have done with it for the past twenty or well ten years, but it would. I, I would love to have that bike still. Absolutely. Yeah, I think we all would. Yeah. All right. Where did you take your first overnight ride? Uh, my first overnight ride, I went to uh, just outside a town called South Starksboro, Vermont. Hmm. Uh, I was living in uh, uh, Teaneck, New Jersey at the time, and I uh, was visiting a girlfriend up at her cabin up in Vermont, hmm. near Sugarbush, Vermont. Nice. Which, incidentally, is a uh, bonus in the Big Money Rally this year. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, what is your day job? What allows you to ride 30,000 miles on a rally and get 8,000 miles to a tire? <laughs> well, I have – currently I'm, uh, I'm involved in two different companies of which I'm the CEO of. And I'd say between the two jobs, they're almost a full-time job. Uh, but they're pretty well under control, pretty well uh, set up. So that gives me some time. Uh, I was formerly I was head of a gaming company that had a couple of casinos in uh, Nevada, actually three here in uh, Las Vegas, uh, property in Pennsylvania, and uh, one in New Hampshire. Uh, but we sold that company back in December, and that gave me a lot more time. Uh, but I still try to stay busy. Yeah. I mean, I still, I was going to retire. I couldn't, I could not uh, mentally pull it off. Hmm. All right. What is your favorite non-motorcycling hobby or do you have time for a non-motorcycling hobby? I see a lot of sports memorabilia in the background there. You know, I love all sports and I was a tennis player for years, but uh, I'd say that that was a hobby, but I just, I, I don't play anymore, namely because I don't have time. Yeah. Um, I, I think I'd have to say motorcycling is the hobby. All right. I just really don't have a second hobby right now. I don't think drinking bourbon counts. <laughs> All right. Question number five. What is your favorite road? Favorite road? Um... I would have to say Highway 12 in uh, southern Utah. Yeah. That goes out past Escalante through Boulder and up to Capitol Reef. Yep. I'd agree with you on that one. That's a great road. I'm going to ask at 5A, what's what's your favorite road on during this year's big money rally? Uh, The road to uh, Creed, Colorado. Hmm. What was special about it? You know what? You're following the river. It was absolutely gorgeous. Uh, just a lot of small lodging communities you're passing through. That whole area of Colorado, because I, I took all the back roads from Denver, 285, and yeah. then cutting up through, uh, I forget what highway that was up to Creed, but I, I thought, in fact, they even sent John a uh, quick note saying that was the best DR bonus of the rally. I would imagine that 285 had a lot fewer Jeeps on it 
this year than it would normally. <laughs> that was there my experience was, on there, that road. Nobody was on that road when wow. I was through there. Yeah, my experience going through there in the middle of summer was if you were looking for your friend and their Jeep Wrangler, they were on that road. <laughs> That's right. I was curious how many of them actually were leaving that road or how many of them were just going along but that's a whole different subject all right on the flip side what is your least favorite road what is it the uh 405 in california (laughs) i'd rather shoot myself (laughs) all right question seven uh base camp streets and trips paper maps google ways what do you use to navigate and plan your trips uh I would say almost 95% of the time it's streets and trips. Uh, I definitely use maps because GPS isn't always accurate. And I do use uh, Waze and Google Maps on occasion. Mm -hmm. So what's your plan when uh, streets and trips no longer will load on your computer? (laughs) I'll have to retire. (laughs) That'll be it. I, I never could get comfortable with base camp. I just couldn't do it. Yeah. It's definitely got its its little quirks to it. That's for sure. All right. Question number eight. If you get a new motorcycle tomorrow, what's the first farkle you're going to put on it? Uh, lights. Yeah, clear, clear water wa- lights. Clear water? Yeah. Okay. All right. Question nine. This is what... This is the one I was kind of reading through John's questions, and uh, this this is the one where I think we're going to... This this might take a while. What are your current motorcycles, and why? And John would like a story about each one, including the hot, top speed on each one. I don't know if you need to go into that much detail, but if you could just kind of go through the, go through the stable a little bit. All right. So the bikes that I have... Well, you know about the Suzuki I have. Yep. That top speed may be 60 miles an hour right now. <laughs> Downhill. <laughs> um, the other, the uh, bike that I ride the most of uh, right now is a 2017 uh, R- 1200 RT. Uh, that bike is, uh, you know, it's just really well set up for me. I'm not excited about riding it, but <clears throat> it's, after the only problem I've had with it was a drive shaft, and now I figured out why that drive shaft went. I know how to maintain it better, but uh, that's been the go-to bike. Uh, a partner of mine uh, lost his eyesight a couple of years ago, and gave me his uh, 2015 uh, uh, KTM Super Adventure 1290. Hmm. That bike, so the, I'll give you the top speed on the uh, on the uh, RT was 136 miles an hour. The top speed on the KTM, although it felt like pieces parts were flying off of the bike, it was a horrible experience, was actually, I believe it was 142. Speedometer was calling it one, well, close to 150, about 148. The GPS was calling it 142. <laughs> uh but those are my, my testing zone was out by Rachel Yeah, uh, to do that. But uh, I don't know why he wanted to know that, but he probably <laughs> figured I did test it. <laughs> so it's just th- the three bikes right now? That's all I have now. Right. That's all I have. All right. All right. Uh, question number 10. Who made your seat? The seat? Corbin. Corbin. 
I primarily, I've always used Corbin seats. Just fit you, fit you well? They fit me well. I like a firm seat and I like to get out of the seat. The only thing I don't like about a Russell seat necessarily is you're too much in it. Mm-hmm. I like to be able to get off the edges, you know, when I'm on a, a fun road or something. So uh, I just, it's a firm Corbin seat doesn't, you know, I can ride the bike for a long time. All right. Uh, question number 11. What is your favorite or the most interesting location you've visited on a motorcycle? Wow. Favorite location. Trying to rem- there's been there's been a lot of places and I'm thinking it's there's a couple in Montana. I can't but I they were wayward locations so I can't re- even explain exactly where they were. Yeah. It was in the uh, it was in the Big Sky Rally a couple of locations and I just love some of the riding up there. Uh, my favorite place to ride to is hell's backbone, uh, in Boulder, uh, uh, Utah. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite place. So I, I would probably say that, but there are other places that that's a cool ride. That is, yeah. that is definitely a cool ride. That actually just made me think of another question. So, I know you've been involved in the big money rally for what eight nine years. Do you do other rallies? You mentioned the Big Sky. Uh, Cognizante Group uh, in the past uh, out of Ely, Nevada. Mm-hmm. Uh, love that rally, uh, Big Sky Rally. I did a either two, I think two times. I did that rally, and then no, just the Big Sky Rally. I mean the uh, Big Money Rally. Yeah. All right, question number 12. How do you pass the time on a long ride when you're going out to these far-flung DR bonuses? You know, I it's uh, it's usually thought to myself. I used to listen to some talk radio, audio books, and music. I really don't do much of that at all anymore. Hmm. And I haven't in probably the last six months. Uh just namely because it's been very peaceful lately. So I kind of enjoy just the downtime. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. Well, John has been, been busy writing more questions, but I don't think, uh, let's see here. <laughs> oh, well, we already, we, we got this one. What will his next bike be? He's always looking and it changes by the hours, what he says, but it sounds like it's going to be a GSA. I'm, I'm thinking it's probably going to be a GSA. Now, why on the GSA? Why go from an RT to a GSA? Uh, one is I like to get off-road more now Okay. in some locations. Not trail riding or anything, but I do like getting off the path a bit. And uh, the other thing I like is the fuel capacity. Yeah. I, I, I don't like running fuel cells anymore because I enjoy the handling of the bike better without it. But at the same time, you know, the RT is about as small a fuel tank as I can deal with. Uh, the GSA is just enough, I think, to cover anything I would want to do. That's been interesting for me going from my FJR with, that I had an auxiliary tank, so I was carrying 11.4 gallons of fuel with me, down to the Goldwing, which has 5.5 officially and really 
five usable. And it's like, God, I'm stopping for gas all the time. <laughs> It, it, it's uh, it, that's a problem for me. I was very surprised when the Goldwing shrunk, shrank their gas yeah. thing. I was very surprised. Yeah, it really could. Well, and th- their their argument was that they made the fuel efficiency better. Well, they made the fuel efficiency better before I put a giant windshield on it and put a bunch of stuff hanging off the side. And so it's yeah, sub two hundred. The things we do to a motorcycle do, does not increase its fuel efficiency. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was thinking like gosh i wonder well i was like how much money could you make if you designed an L, a long distance bike from ld riders and i was like no you couldn't make a darn thing because there'd be like 10 people that would buy one the one of the uh things that i was told in uh from some of the folks at bmw is the challenge you have with companies designing a bike for this community is their average customer is only riding 3,200 miles a year. Yeah. So for them to develop a bike that's designed to go, you know, you know, 400 miles at a time, it just, it, it doesn't add up for them. Yeah. You know, the thing I was thinking of the other weekend was, you know, if nothing else, give me some options for power, electricity, at different points on the bike. Like, put a place where i can plug something into in the front so i'm not having to run a wire back to the battery or run the wire somewhere else and if they would just do that i think that would and that would that actually might hit on what you're talking about because a lot of people who ride 3200 miles a year want to put a cell phone charger or a gps or something up there and uh hell today's world they'd probably want to put video games and uh (laughs) No, iPads. I mean, the reality is you're exactly right. Why they don't inc- increase the electronics makes absolutely no sense. Yeah, that. Yeah, I don't. I don't get that. Well, I want to end our interview. Well, actually, let me ask you anything else you want to talk about before I uh, send you on your way. No, I'm. Uh, I'm good. All right. I'm good. Well, I want to read what John wrote in here, and. Uh, Tom has been in the BMR every rally year except one and has always been a huge, polite, and behind-the-scenes contributor in a big way. He really likes the event and never gets into the weeds and has done many, many nice things behind the scenes. And he just wanted to make sure I thanked you on behalf of the Big Money Rally for everything you've done uh, for that event. Well, both. Well, that, that that was nice. And by the way, one one of the things, Justin, that is special about the rally that if other rallies did it i would probably do a ton more other rallies and that is the apps in using your uh, phone Mm. as you know when you're doing the ibr you know using the camera and everything and not knowing if if i really did get that bonus or not that i screw something up to me the real-time scoring and getting it right and the and, and having the pictures I, I never have a problem with being denied on a photo because how can you complain if, if you're too much in a hurry and you don't wait to get scored, it's your own fault. But yeah. to me, that is the best benefit of this rally. Yeah. That's the one thing it, I, I, I just love the scoring and I love the, uh, the, the convenience of the app and the fact that I'm using my phone. That's a great app, isn't it? Well, it's your app. <laughs> uh, I was in a, I was a problem with that app if I recall last year, oh, but no. it's a great app. No, it was <laughs> that 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 the Android one specifically. I rewrote from scratch, and so 
the things you were pointing out were were issues that I finally got worked out this year. So that uh, it's a, it, it's truly uh, real time scoring. You know, would yeah. be great for other rallies. I think. Yeah, I I definitely agree. It's that for me, just the. I mean, the, the anxiety you carry throughout the rest of the rally, thinking about, did I get that picture right? Did I get it right? And I don't know. I just, I like the fact that you can say, yep, I got it, or no, I didn't. Yep. Agreed. All right. Well, that is Mr. Tom Letero. Thank you very much for coming on Long Riders Radio. Appreciate it. You have a great one. Well, if you'd like to get in contact with me, there's lots of ways you can do it. Easiest way is to head over to that website, www.longridersradio.com. And another thank you goes out to the folks over at DiscountRamps.com for their support on this episode. DiscountRamps.com offers a huge selection of power sports products for your ATV, UTV, motorcycle, and more. Long Runners Radio listeners can save 15% on their order by using coupon code LONG. That's L-O-N-G at DiscountRamps.com. Incidentally, use that coupon code to help out the show. And as always, we need to thank this show's founder, Mr. Michael Cox. You know, I was talking to Mike the other day, and we were talking about how kind of everyone thinks that wherever they live is kind of the toughest riding anywhere. And I, and when Mike moved to Oklahoma City in the, in the early 2000s, he thought that too. And I said, well, what was it like, Mike? And he said, there was no grocery stores. There was no restrooms. You had about a 200-mile stretch where you had zero access to anything. Ride safe, everyone. <laughs>